The message of Christmas is the message of the gospel. Christ came to earth to make a way for man to come to God. Let's join Scott Pauley now as we study what God says about the birth of His Son. From the very beginning of time, God made a way for man to be saved. The first Christmas story is found in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. We've begun our study here already where the Bible says, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Now we know here, of course, that God is speaking to the serpent. He's speaking to the devil that was speaking through that serpent in the Garden of Eden. And he's promising some things. First of all, we learned that Christ would come he said the woman would have a seed. You know, he could have stopped everything in the garden that day. Adam and Eve's sin could have been the end of it all, the end of the entire human race. But instead, God made a way for new life to come. Now, the very word seed is a promise of more to come. And by the way, in Christ, the best is always yet to come. It's not only the story of Christ coming, though. It's also the story of Christ's conflict. This is where we left off last time. There's a battle between the seeds. Listen to this word, enmity. Can I remind you that the battle is the devil's battle with God? We say that the devil hates us, and he does. But why does the devil hate you? Why does the devil desire to destroy a life or to take a soul to hell? It's not because we're that important. It's because we're that important to God. You see, the devil knows that if he can get us, he can hurt the heart of the God who loved us so much that he created us for fellowship. He wasn't just after Adam and Eve. He was literally striking at God in that garden, and that's what he continues to do to this present hour. And so there's this spiritual warfare, and frankly, we're caught in the middle of a war zone. We're a part of the battle between the seed of the woman, which is Christ, and the seed of the serpent, which is the devil. The Bible says here that there'll be a bruising. The Bible says that the seed of the serpent would bruise the heel of the seed of the woman, which is Christ. He would cause a heel bruise. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? Listen to the words of Isaiah 53, verse 5, where the Bible says that Christ was bruised for our iniquities. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him, and with His stripes we are healed. Friends, we have a bruised Savior. We have a wounded Savior. As a matter of fact, medical doctors have identified five different kinds of wounds in the human body. Did you know Christ had all five? He was bruised. He was wounded. At Gabbatha, they beat Him. At Golgotha, they crucified Him. What was happening? Prophecy was being fulfilled all the way back to Genesis 3 and verse number 15. Literally, Satan was nipping at the heels of the Son of God. Uh, there was a bruising going on. And yet, could I remind you, that's not all of the story. Listen to the verse again. I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. May I ask you, which is worse, a heel bruise or a head wound? Well, there's no question. You can live with a heel bruise. We've all had it. It's painful, but it's not final. But a head wound, that's a mortal wound. What is he saying here? 
he's saying that this story is not only the story of Christ coming and the story of Christ's conflict, it is also the story of Christ conquering. He's promising not only a battle, he's promising a victory. He's promising not only that there'll be a war, but that there'll be a win in the end. Matthew Henry, the famous Bible commentator, said it this way, The heel was bruised on earth, but the head was safe in heaven. (laughs) That's a beautiful statement, isn't it? In other words, though Christ was wounded for us, it did not take away God from being God. As a matter of fact, when He came out of that grave alive forevermore, I would suggest He put His wounded heel on the head of that serpent. He began the head wound of the devil on that day. Aren't you glad all things are under His feet? I don't know about you. I hate snakes. Perhaps you like them, but I hate them. How do you kill a snake? Remember, that's what Satan is. He's that old serpent. He's still in the garden. It doesn't take much room for a snake to slither through, and that's what he does. He crawls into the garden of our life and our homes trying to destroy. How do you kill a snake? You have to take its head off. You take an old-fashioned garden hoe and take care of business. That's what we did on our family farm growing up. Well, may I tell you that's exactly what's going to happen someday. The head of that snake is coming off. God, once and for all, is going to deal with the devil. Now, he has conquered him already at Calvary, at the empty tomb, at the ascension. He has conquered. But I would remind you of this. He not only has conquered, he will conquer. Let me read to you a couple portions of Scripture from the New Testament. Romans 16, verse 20, And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Think of this. Satan is already under Christ's feet, but someday soon he'll be under our feet as well. Why? Because we'll be ruling and reigning with Christ. And what's the final word? Revelation chapter 20, verse number 2. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, old all the way back to Genesis 3, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. You see, the first Christmas story is also the final story. It is the story of final victory. The Christmas story began in Genesis 3.15 and it ends in Revelation. He has conquered. He will conquer. May I give you this truth as well? He is conquering. Today, Christ is conquering in us as we yield to Him, as we allow Him to rule and reign. He's overcoming the wicked one in our lives. Every time a soul is saved, every time a prayer is answered, Every time a believer is filled with the Spirit, the true Christmas story is being fulfilled. Charles Wesley was gloriously saved. And within a year of his conversion in 1738, he wrote a song, a hymn for them to sing on Christmas Day in 1739. Perhaps you've heard of it. It's called Hark the Herald Angels Sing. It's an amazing hymn. It's full of doctrine. I would challenge you to read it. But permit me to read the fourth verse to you. Charles Wesley wrote, Come, desire of nations, come. Fix in us thy humble home. Rise the woman's conquering seed. Bruise in us the serpent's head. Adam's likeness now efface. Stamp thine image in its place. Second Adam from above. Reinstate us in thy love. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. I hope this season you'll sing those words with new meaning and new heart. As a matter of fact, don't just sing it, pray it. Would you make this your prayer today? 
Would you pray right now, Lord, bruise in us the serpent's head. Bruise in my life and my experience today the devil through real victory through Jesus Christ. This, friends, is the first Christmas story and it must become our story today. Do you personally know the Lord Jesus Christ? It is our prayer that you will trust Him and obey Him. May you and your family have a truly God-blessed Christmas. To make a year-end tax-deductible gift to this work and to find helpful resources to begin the new year, visit us online today at scottpauley.org.